face tape. I was looking for this in the back. It wasn't there. All right, let me, uh, <clears throat> let me start. Um, o come, O come, Emmanuel. We sang that this morning. And the first verse says, O come, O come, Emmanuel, and ransom captive Israel that mourns in lonely exile here until the Son of God appears. And we know, we're aware that there are many among us who would place themselves in that verse this morning. That you're, you're in a place of mourning this morning. And you're in a place of feeling captive by the hurts, you feel captive by the fears. Sometimes you can feel captive by memories that were joyful, and now in the absence of those, they make us mourn, they bring grieving. In that statement of lonely exile, that to me this morning when we were playing and singing was not a neutral statement. And so um, I share with you this morning that as I am mourning in a different season than I ever have before, um, that I find the tendency uh, to remain in exile and to stay far from community because I don't know how I'll react. And so Tina and I took some, a step last night to try to go to a party, you know, people that we love, and they're like, come on, you know, come over, we want you here. And so we went over there, and we literally walked in the door, and I took my shoes off, and I turned to Tina, and I said, I can't do it. And... Um, and they were super gracious and sent prayers through text. And um, in, in that, I felt like the Lord was really meeting me um, in a place of saying, you, Nate, you, you don't have the strength to do this. You don't. And affirming that, of saying you don't have the strength to do this. And so um, that's where the ne this next part of this line, it says until the Son of God appears. And so I thought uh, before I get into the teaching, there may be some this morning that are in that place of mourning, in that place of feeling captive, in that place of feeling exile, the temptation to exile. And I wanted to pray um, for us, for the Son of God to appear. And so, um, if that's you this morning, would you be willing to stand up or put your hand up or nod at me profusely, whatever you feel like you have energy for, lay on the ground. If that's, if that's where you're at, you're like, I can't even put my hand up. Um, 
So far, nobody's looked at me, so I think I'm the only one in the room with this. Okay, there we go. Thank you. All right. All right. So let me, let me just pray for the Spirit to come and to um, hover and to breathe some life and, and for the Son of God to appear. So, Holy Spirit, we invite you. We need you. We're desperate for you. We find ourselves at the end of our rope, certainly without you, and how weak we are, and how apparent that becomes. But Lord, we hope in the appearing of your Son And so for each person that made eye contact or raised their hand or went out on the limb to be identified, Lord, would your spirit come even now? And would you begin to minister to hearts? Would your spirit come and hover? Would your spirit come and encapsulate? And may the Son of God appear. And so we declare that you're our only hope. You are our only hope. Lord, for those that are in mourning, and this is a year of firsts for them, or maybe it's a year of seconds, or maybe it's a year of the 30th, Holy Spirit, would you come and bring comfort and peace, the peace that passes understanding. For those that are fearing days ahead, for those that are cherishing each hour of each day, Son of God, appear. We long for you, we invite you. And now as we incline our ear to you, Lord, would you speak? Would you direct and would you move? And would you be gracious to us and call us by name that we would know and be familiar with your voice? And so we receive from you, Holy Spirit, what you have for us today. I pray in Christ's authority. Amen. Well, at Genesis, we believe in a specific concept that we refer to as living the integrated life of Jesus and that Jesus expressed a fully integrated life that's shown throughout the scriptures and he expressed a balance of up, in, and out. Now you've heard us talk about this. We've gone all in on it. We've made t-shirts about it. We've put it on the wall out in the lobby. Bo has a huge back piece tattoo. I'm just kidding, he doesn't have that. 
That'd be kind of sweet, though. <laughs> Think about it. We talk about up, in, and out all the time. It shows up in all of our materials. We're always trying to push this idea that there's a three-dimensional life to following Jesus, that there's an up component, that there's an in component, and there's an out component. Jesus was consistent in living this way, and his followers had the joy of seeing it operate on a daily basis. We also have that joy in the scriptures. This three-dimensional pattern for living a balanced life is what we like to refer to as a fully integrated life. But the reason that we push this balanced life that we see Jesus live is because we believe that it's actually worth imitating. It's why we're kind of relentless with it. It's why some of you have said, oh, please, are you seriously going to talk about a triangle again? Right? If that's you, this message is for you today. And meet me outside by the flagpole, except we took it down, so we can't. So I guess mercy on you today. No, but honestly, we think Jesus' life is worth imitating. And we think that Jesus made an impact in the world. We think that Jesus changed people's lives in the way that he related to them and communed with them. And we believe that Jesus was always acting out of obedience. He said he didn't do anything unless he heard the Father was doing it. So what's great about this is that we think Jesus' life is worth imitating, and we also believe that our lives are worth imitating as we imitate Jesus. Now, if you think that that's crazy, that's actually a biblical concept. Paul actually said, imitate me as I imitate Christ. Now, does that mean that you're gonna get 100% of things right? I guarantee you, you're not. <laughs> but you might get 1% right and the thing that's, that's encouraging to us is that we're not looking for perfect examples. We're looking for living examples. And so this morning, I want, wanted to take time and just present to you once again what it is to live an integrated life as a, as a Jesus follower. And then I want to connect it to the Advent season. So Advent starts next Sunday. As Nikki said, we have Advent calendars that are available in the lobby. And on the back of these calendars, the days are broken up with activities. Now these are for families, these are for couples, these are for singles, this is for anyone. We want everyone to grab them. And I'll talk more about how we're gonna take up this Advent challenge at the end. But that's the goal for this morning. The thing that I think that's great about imitating Jesus is that a person who is far from the church can be really close to Jesus if they're getting really close to you. 
And so this is a vision about us being the church and not bringing people to a church. It's about the fact that people want access to Jesus. They don't necessarily want access to your church. People are dying to meet Jesus and are dying to stay outside of these doors. And so as we imitate Jesus, what ends up happening is that the people that we associate with, the people that we do life with, have a direct access to who Jesus is and to Jesus in you. So Luke 6 gives us a really clear movement of these three dimensions of up, in, and out. And so I just want to review them before we get into our discussion. So Luke chapter 6, starting at verse 12, we start with what we would call the up. So in your uh, bulletin, I thought I had one. In your bulletin, if you open it, there's some space for notes. Looks like that. So Luke 6, chapter 12, or verse 12, it says this. Now it came to pass in those days that he, Jesus, went out to the mountain to pray and continued all night in prayer to God. This is a reflection of Jesus' up relationship. And I love this idea. For Jesus, the up relationship was like breathing. It was a fundamental element to his life. And Jesus would inhale his father's presence so that he could exhale his father's will. I love that. Jesus would inhale the father's presence so that he could exhale the father's will. Jesus was in constant contact with the father and what's so interesting is the way that Jesus talked about his relationship to the Father should tell us something. Jesus spoke in a very personal way, in a very intimate way, and in a very familiar way when he talked about the Father. The word Abba, it was familial. It wasn't some far off distant God that was making commands to mice in a cage. This was a father. And this is what a vibrant up should sound like. It should sound like family. It should sound familial. And it should sound familiar. John chapter 10, Jesus says, I'm the good shepherd. And when the good shepherd shows up, the sheep listen because they know his voice. And if there's anyone else that's going to try and get into that pen by not using the gate, then they're an enemy. And the sheep run from them. They don't know that enemy's voice. And so Jesus exhibited to us what it is to have a vibrant up relationship with his father. And so many times we found that Jesus would steal away and he would go to a mountain by himself to pray. 
or you would find, and then Jesus came back from when taking his time alone. A vibrant up is essential. It's essential for us to live a fully integrated life, a balanced life of following Jesus. So verse 13 says this, and when it was day, he called his disciples to himself, and from them he chose 12, whom he also named apostles. So when we see the in start to take shape for Jesus, that Jesus chooses 12 men to be his in. He chooses 12 men specifically that he's going to spend time with, that he's going to build strong relationships with, that he's going to be vulnerable with. The other piece to the end is that Jesus is going to share what he's hearing in his up with his in. And that's going to be a vulnerable space, and it's going to be an intimate space. And what we see in the gospel is that Jesus says, you must go with me. You must go with me into what the Father is inviting. And so there's this piece of de developing trust with your in that you're hearing from God together and that you're willing to move together towards what God's inviting you towards. I love this idea that Jesus shared food with these friends, that Jesus met their families. Jesus met their families. It's pretty intimate. And that Jesus laughed with them. Bo and I always um, laugh and tease each other about, we chose a curriculum once that asked the question, um, do you think that Jesus splashed the disciples with water with his oar when they were in the boats? <laughs> and I remember Bo asking that question with a serious face and me being like, are you kidding me? Are you kidding me that we're gonna, we're actually asking people to ask this question? And uh, I don't know why, but it just struck me as being so bizarre that Jesus, you know, was, had this ludus playfulness. But he probably did, and I'm probably wrong. He probably did splash them and chase them with water. But I love this idea of friends laughing together and eating together. And ultimately, that Jesus chose these 12 specifically that he was going to do life with them. That's a, high, that's a high commitment. And then within those 12, there were three that he gave even more access to his life. But this is what it is to have an in, to have relationships that are intentional with one another. We find the 12 there that Jesus chose. And then we move to verse 17, where we start to see the out. It says, And he came down with them and stood on a level place with a crowd of his disciples and a great multitude of people from all Judea and Jerusalem and from the seacoast of Tyre and Sidon, who came to hear him and be healed of their diseases, as well as those who were tormented with unclean spirits. 
and they were healed. And the whole multitude sought to touch him, for power went out from him, and he healed them all. This is a clear description of what it is to move out. As Jesus steps out towards the crowd, Jesus steps as a representative of the kingdom of God. Jesus steps in the authority of the kingdom of God. And Jesus begins to interact, right, with what he sees before him that should not be. Jesus begins to interact with what he sees before him that he does not think is good because he knows the heart of the Father. He already shares that. And so I challenged us two weeks ago that Jesus then started to reach and would, would call into being what he did not see, which was the kingdom of God breaking in. Jesus never lost sight of the Father's vision, which was to reach out to a dark and dying world. Jesus didn't wait for the hurting to come to a church. Instead, he went out to them. He ministered to them at their point of need. And his critics hated him for that. Having a vibrant out means that we're going to be a part of loving people that are difficult to love. And it means that we're going to offend some people who probably need to be offended. It means that we're going to step in with something of love that might look scandalous. And we're going to go to places that other people would say, how dare you go there? We're going to serve the poor and the needy. And we're going to take the gospel of love to the places that seem farthest from the church. In this three-dimensional life, we are created to have balance. And what ends up happening is that we have preferences and we have defaults. And so if we looked at up, in, and out, right? You have it in your bulletin, open it up, look at that, it's a triangle. Go ahead and get it out, look at it, get a pen. We're gonna interact with that sheet. The issue is this, when one dimension is missing or when one dimension is suppressed, then it doesn't work as it should. If we don't have all three of these elements, then we're out of balance and we will wobble. So what I wanted us to do this morning was to just take a brief assessment. And so in your bulletin, you have this up in and out triangle. And I wanted you to use a rating of one to 10, one being um, not too hot. This is not a very hot area in my life. Ten being this area is on fire. I am the poster girl for up, right? Whatever that would be. And the point of this is not to shame yourself, okay? The point of this is not to shame yourself. The point of it is to ascribe some type of metric that you would be able to then compare to the others, Okay, so I want you to take two minutes right now. 
and just go through this. Rate yourself one to 10 on your relationship up, your relationship in, and your relationship out. Do you have any um, self-assessing music, Mark? (laughs) Not Jeopardy. So, Holy Spirit, highlight and expose and guide us gently. Look at me when you're done. (laughs) All right. So now's when it'll get weird. I want you to share this with somebody next to you. And so what I want you to share, you don't need to share all three, but what I want you to share is what's what's the one that's not neutral for you? So, um... I feel, you know, in general right now, I would say I feel pretty um, beat up, um, lonely, right? Like I've already said that. So my numbers are all under the number four, just so you know. And so I would pick one of those and I would say, well, which one of those is, is the most not neutral? And then I would share that with someone. And so I just wanted to give us a few minutes. And the, the point of this is not to... Um, Fix the other person's number, okay? So don't offer advice towards the other person's number. It's just to hear what they're saying, and it's helpful to process together, okay? So we'll take a few minutes. Each of you share one way. So if you're sitting by yourself, you two might want to, because you're both alone, um, and meet somebody new. So let's let's take five minutes and share with one another.
Minute and a half left. So if you haven't switched yet, switch. Minute and a half left. All right, let's wrap it up. Yeah. All right, let's, let's just take a second here. Will you walk this to whoever raises their hand? All right, who, who's willing to share with us what you said? It's vulnerable. It's risky. But I think we would all benefit from hearing. Who's willing to share what they said, or who's willing to share with the other person across from you? No. <laughs> All right, if that was you, then you needed to think about it. Who's willing to share? Put a hand up. Andrew's going to come with the microphone. Ken? Yeah, I just, uh, as I went through the numbers, I thought, you know, I'm, I have a pretty good relationship with God, I think and uh, some people that are close to me, but I, I really want to be able to reach out to the others and to, to, you know, like we heard this morning, being able to, you know, bring people to believe. Like, I, I just believe it was such an incredible gift. And to be able to give that gift away and have people accept it would be awesome. Mm -hmm. But I just, uh, I'm not quite there. Awesome. Thanks for sharing, Ken. You can give him a hand. That's risky. Who else? Who else is willing to share? Who else is willing to share? Maybe, maybe uh, one that's not an out. Anyone challenged in an up or an in? John? Yeah, I, I was uh, telling Craig here about my in number, which is higher than it usually is. And I feel like God is really... Um, helped me take some steps towards that in the past six months and uh, like attending small group regularly, um, reaching out to friends more. I feel like that was a, a chance to celebrate, you know, God working in me to help me you know, build better relationships and be more connected. That's awesome. Give John a hand on that. Yeah. Who else? Oh, right in the back. Andy, Andy Marshall. Uh, yeah, my name is Andy. Uh, I said the in. Uh, something I know about myself is that I 
um, I'm a better listener than talker, and that uh, I need, uh, what's helpful for me is to have someone that will ask me questions, because I'm just really easy for me to listen and not really process to other people, so I got a friend who uh, I thought I'll shoot a text and we can get together sometime and he can ask me questions. <laughs> Very good, give Andy a hand. One more. One more. Oh, back Val. Val in the back. Right, yep. I don't think anybody said an in yet, so mine is an in. Um, and I have little kids and everything is busy and hectic all the time. So I think um, so I'm, I've been feeling that challenge for like uh, six months or a year to quiet down and really kind of grow there. Mm -hmm. Awesome. Anyone else find that challenging <laughs> to find time? Awesome. Well, I'm going to invite the band up um, as I close. So band, you can come up. Um, what, so what we've done is this. Thank you so much, Andrew. Can you give Andrew a hand? So what we've done is we have uh, out in the lobby, there's a daily scripture reading for the Advent season, okay? The idea for this is that this would be a pattern for up and that this is a pattern that you could start in your home whether this is you Skyping with someone, or maybe it's you reading this and texting them to have a discussion. Maybe it's starting a group thread. Maybe it's having people in your home. That would be awesome. Maybe this is something that you do with your kids or with your partner. But the idea is that we would begin to have a pattern for up and that we think Advent is a great time for that. So this is the first tool that's gonna be available. It's, it's in the lobby today and it will be for the next few weeks and Advent starts next Sunday. And then for the in and the out, what we've got is uh, chocolate, right? Who doesn't love chocolate? So we've got Advent calendars, but on the back of the Advent calendars are these activities. And the activities are really mostly outs, okay? So anything from make cookies and take them to the local fire station. So that's, that's an out. But the in part is that you don't make the cookies alone. And you don't take the cookies alone. And so figuring out how to include people into this practice is going to be a stretch for some, but it'll be a really healthy stretch. And so Figuring out which of these Advent activities you, you're going to do as an individual or as a family, and then not doing it alone. And families, can I challenge you really hard on this? Just because your blood bio people are involved in this doesn't mean that you shouldn't invite others into that. Okay? It's a huge challenge because there are so many, we have singles, we have widows. We have so many that are not sitting at a table with other people on a regular basis. And so may the, will the Lord move your heart towards that, families, as you gather, that you would pick up some uh, pears and spares and take them with you, right, 
to drop off cookies, to make cookies, and, and to, to widen what we call family. So that's, that's a direct challenge from me, and I'll meet you at the flagpole, except for that it's gone. So up here, out here, and in is how we do these. It's how we do these. So invite someone into the practice of up. Invite someone to go with you in the practice of out. And may we see the Son of God appear. Let me pray. So Lord, as we go, uh, would you help us to realize um, that you're already in this, that you're already in conversations with coworkers, you're already in conversations with those who are lost and hurting and, and lonely, that you're already pursuing them, that you're already calling them by name, that you already care for them, you already love them. And, and as we go, Lord, help us to just join with what you're doing. And so I, uh, I ask for an in increased receptivity to your voice for our church in this season. Would you increase, heighten our receptivity and surprise us we invite you to surprise us in the ways that you show up. Surprise us in the up that you truly would speak to us. Surprise us in the in that we would find more meaning with each other than we thought could be. And in the out, Lord, would your kingdom come and would we see it? Would we see the Son of God appear in us, through us, in front of us, and others? And we pray in Christ's name. Amen. All right. Uh